Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of What's a Crack. I have Kevin Hines here with me today. Kevin is a professional boxer and he's just got went pro there. Um, hey Kevin, just want to introduce yourself there. Yep, Kevin Hines, just turned professional there um, in August, so I've had two professional fights now. Okay, so it's great to have you on Kevin. Um, I've had a whole different range of people on this uh, podcast from fitness guys to um pts the recovery guys to even people from various different backgrounds as well so i thought it was great to have someone on who's just started their professional career um and is very close to when you were just amateur and sort of have that comparison fresh in your mind so just the first question just a bit of get to know yourself part of the podcast what what's your story what's um well yeah like i said i'm keeping hands uh i'm 20 just turned 22 years old now i've been boxing since i was about seven or eight so okay about 14, 15 years now. Um, I'm originally from London. I was born in London. Lived there till I was seven. Uh, moved to Ireland, where okay. my mum's from here. So, yeah, I've lived here. As soon as I lived, moved here, I started boxing. Um, oh, so it grew when you were living here? Yeah, yeah. I started when I, when I moved to Belfast. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, basically, um, I've had a good amateur background. Um, won six national titles, boxed for Ireland and the world and Europeans and stuff. Um, had, like, 140, 150 fights. And, uh... I've just turned professional and um, I'm I'm basing myself in London. Yeah, well that's pretty cool and it's actually pretty interesting that it was over here that it sort of started. Um, that's and, and it's sort of a thing people I sort of notice in the boxing scene as well is that so many we have so many talented boxers from here from Ireland from Belfast etc like that, but then the camps the, everyone has to go across England. Yet we've such a such a good talent pool over here. That everyone has to go across to uh, England, Manchester, or London, stuff like that. It's it's always it's always fascinating me that we've such a talent pool here, but everyone seems to have to go across the water. So, what made you pick? Why boxing? Why not football, rugby? Um, I was always I was always in the sports when I was younger. I tried a bit of everything. Um, I used to play football. Uh, Gaelic and, and hurling and stuff like that in school uh, but boxing I started boxing when I was seven or eight my mum brought me to a boxing club which my uncle used to her brother used to box for okay. so um, just brought me up just to show yeah, show, just show, me the ropes. show me where where he boxed and just from the other day I walked in the, the club and I stuck a pair of gloves on and never looked back <laughs> you so, loved it ever since yeah this, that was it and that's a pretty cool thing it's sort of like you've just naturally got into the boxing and you've stuck with it ever since did you ever think Looking back now, when you stuck on those gloves when you were seven or eight, did you be turning pro now at the age of twenty two? No, never. No, um, never. never I, I, the first couple of years, obviously, you don't really. You're young. You don't yeah, really yeah. know what you're doing. It. You're. You. What you're going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I was probably there just for fitness and keep me off the streets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. But as I got to about thirteen, four. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. I couldn't. I kind of understood boxing more. I yeah. understood what it was about. I understood it was wasn't just fighting, and that's when I made the decision. Roughly then, when I knew that I wanted to make a career of it, it was a dream of mine to achieve certain things. Yeah. in boxing. So. And that's and that's a great achievement. That's what I mean. If anyone like it's the same sort of, and I've noticed this apart. I've noticed this from all the people I've had on, where when someone knows that right, it's when that click in the brain comes where they're like right do you know what i'm going to specialize this i'm going to put in the hard work i'm going to put in the graft to get to where i want to be that that's when when you know that click happens like i can from everyone i've had on they've all been successful in terms of once they've turned around themselves and go right i'm going to dedicate my time to this i'm going to put my time which is worth like everyone's time's worth something once they put that time in it 
always pays back in dividends as long as they put on the time. It's how you tell the difference between someone who maybe does all the talk and puts no time on it and uh, someone who actually puts in the grind and maybe sometimes doesn't even tell anyone else until it actually does happen. That's it. With, with that, people, like, if you put in the work, time tells and it, it pays off. So you, you get, in the end, people like to post on social media and, and act like they live the life. And then there's people who actually do live the life yeah. and time time reveals everything and some people get found out because they have been they haven't been living the life or they're all just for they, they don't put in the work and stuff yeah. like that is where no matter what it is in life if you want to be successful you have to give your time and be de- dedicated to it and um hard work pays off do you know what yeah, I mean? exactly so regardless and of what it is couldn't preach it anymore but in terms of like right if you weren't in boxing right so this just just a, say it's just a parallel universe something like that and if you weren't in boxing where do you think you'd be what do you think you'd be doing i don't know um don't know. boxing's my life uh, no well i would like to think i would i would still be in some sort of sport, sport. i would or be in the gym i enjoy going to the gym i'm, I'm glad boxing brought me into fitness yeah, like yeah. but um i would probably be in the gym or or doing something like that i don't know as in terms of a full-time job what i was doing um i never really enjoyed school yeah boxing was always my number one priority yeah. so um i always wanted to make a career of that but i put my i used to do a bit of plumbing and stuff and i, I enjoyed that um so I, my brother owns his own company i probably would have been working for him or something yeah. and and maybe or being a personal trainer or something, personal like, trainer that. Or something yeah. like that so right so i know you've turned pro and stuff like that and see to be honest and we'll go and we'll touch on this further on in the podcast being a pro isn't as glamorous as people always like to say. So, like, what is your biggest inspiration for doing what you have to do every day? Like, the training regime some boxers have to go through. See, when you, like, I watched the uh, the show they did about Carl Fan, and he talks about when he's away from his family, um, his friends, and stuff like that. It's hard because there's just maybe four of you in a flat, and you're training. As soon as you're up, as soon as you're back, and it's strict. It's like a regime, like a regime sort of thing. Um, and what's what's your sort of biggest who or what is your biggest inspiration for you just to to dig in and just get that done? Um, it's for me. It's for my future. It's for my hopefully my kids in the future yeah, yeah. and for my family. Uh, I I I do it for myself. I do it because I want. It's something that I have a dream of becoming a world champion. So yeah, yeah. that that's the target to become a world yeah. champion. And I know what I have to put myself through, but what inspires me is is to have a better future um i've had a rough upbringing so yeah. i know what i, I want to have a better future I want, I, want, want, yeah. I, I want my kids to have a better future and stuff like that um, and it's hard because I, I don't have any kids at the moment but i have a girlfriend and stuff like that and um i take myself off to england um and i live above a pub yeah um for six weeks to, to train and it's it's hard to must be a temptation in itself <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard because um like I'm on my own. I'm in, I'm in a room on my own. Yeah. I, go, I train two, three times a day, and I go back to the room. It's it's a hard, hard life to live. But I know what what the outcome will become. I know that um it will provide provide me for the sh- future, and I know that the hard work that I put in yeah um will benefit me. Do you know what I mean? So it's anything you do in life. If you if you work hard, you'll yeah, achieve your goals. Time, so yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's what inspires me. Basically. Okay. Well, that's that's completely. I completely understand that in terms of um you do have to put in the time like you do and it's something i've only started to realize there in the last year or so when i sort of started moving and stuff like that that look if you don't put in the time to what you're wanting to achieve 
Um, if you maybe just put it as a second priority, it's always going to be a second priority. But if you look at it and go, right, I have to struggle now. I have to do the hard shit now. Um, it's always going to pay in returns. Yes, definitely. That's that's one thing that's mentally, for me, as hard as whenever I'm away and you're away and you see photos or whatever of your friends out, your girlfriends out doing this, your family's, you're not yeah. spending time with your family. But I know that that's what exactly what I think. I know these six weeks of camp, it's only six weeks. Yeah. Work hard for six weeks yeah. and you'll benefit from it. And do you know what I mean? So it's... You're doing it for something. So yeah. I know, At least it has. It's not It's not as if you're going around in six weeks and it's not going to mean anything. It exactly, does, yeah. yeah. I know that if I work hard for these six weeks, then I, I reap the rewards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. But, yep, I completely agree with that. It's put in as it's something that my dad would have always said to me too. He goes, it, especially when it came, like, like it's not the exact same, but it's the same when it came to exams and I'm studying stuff for uni and stuff like that. Where he goes, you've got to sit down and just go, right, do you know what? I have to give up some time to get the revision done i need to give up some time to get the knowledge that i need to do to pass exams and stuff like that and it's the same with i play hurling myself so i know to myself that look i'm not i have to train you know the exact same as you you're training maybe four or five nights a week and coming home from work i could easily just turn around and go do you want i'm just gonna sit and watch netflix but you'll know right i want to be better than i was last year i want to be a better person on the pitch and you're having to say to yourself, do you want, I'm going to get my ass to the gym. And once I get my ass to the gym, I'm going to feel that once I finish that workout, I am completely done dusted. I know I put in the work and it does. It feels a lot better than when you win something or you achieve something that you were aiming for. And you can turn around and go, well, I did that work. No one thought I was going to do it. And it is, it's really, it's a great that's team. It. Yeah, in it's especially proving people wrong. And yeah. do you know what I mean? That's, that's one of my biggest factors is, I always want to do better and I always want to prove people wrong or not or or show to them that I am what I am and yeah. I, I can achieve what I want to achieve, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, and it links in, and sort of in boxing terms, what I'm linking in here, it's sort of, imagine sort of Tyson Fury, like I, always, I bring up him, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff like that, I've talked to him about it on a few podcasts here, but this guy had so much going on he had been ripped of his belts from boxing for drug use. He was slow decline depression. He had so much going on a year, and he turned he turned it round. People doubted him. People never thought he was going to fight Deontay Wilder, and people say it's controversial fight and stuff like that. I say fair play to the guy that at least he got up after what he went through to go through, and I think his big from from me looking at me looking at his background and stuff like that. I can kind of link it into what, we'll go on to this further, what happened to yourself, that he went through a really big struggle, a time where people would have just go turn around and look down and went, do you want, the guy's never going to achieve anything else, he's just going to maybe do more drugs, don't know what's going to happen to him, no one really cared, but the fact, I think the biggest achievement he got, and from just following stuff like that on Instagram and listening to him speak after interviews, that the biggest achievement he got is what you said in terms of, People told him, nah, you're not going to achieve this. You're not even going to be able to last two rounds with Deontay Wilder. But he did. He lost 12 rounds and was able to get a draw. I think he got more achievement out of... I think he got felt more achievement from proving those people wrong that doubted him than actual fighting Deontay yeah. Wilder. Which is a great, great achievement. And it actually leads on to just sort of our next question. It goes, I know we kind of spoke about it briefly there. Um, don't worry, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But no, of course. Yeah. Just, I know we had a accident yourself where or an incident you know it wasn't even an accident it was an incident 
where someone had what they stabbed you across the face. Yeah, yeah. So and how did you get how did you get over that operation? Such a big ordeal that happened at such such a young age too. Was it, you were twenty one or twenty? Was it? Um, twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah, it was twenty. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So last May, May of two thousand seventeen, uh, I was stabbed. Um, in the face, I was attacked. I was out with my girlfriend. I was attacked. Um, by about twenty five to thirty people. Um, end up getting stabbed. Didn't realize. Didn't know what had happened because I didn't feel nothing. But, um, mentally it's been tough. Um, I struggle every day. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it, and, um, it is hard. It it's been a hard road, and it's the road is definitely far from done. But uh, it's been mentally hard, and I've had the right people around me. Yeah. Um, I've stayed mentally strong in myself. Yeah. Um, to get back and get back to training and stuff like that because I remember at a time when it had happened um, after about four or five weeks I went back to training and then it was too soon I wasn't meant to be going back to training um, it ended up being too soon which set me back for another month or two and I just remember thinking to myself like I don't want to box no more I just it, it just put doubts in my mind I don't want to box no more and um, I was getting fat I was I was emotionally and mentally not strong yeah um because it happened in the city center i wouldn't go into town yeah stuff like that. i wouldn't be in big crowds and stuff so mentally it ha- has been tough and to go i've just i've overcome it by staying mentally strong um realizing what hearts affected me and breaking it down day by day yeah. get, getting better by one percent and and i had to go get professional help um and stuff like that yeah. so um i knew that it was affecting me bad and i knew that if i let it affect me that i would turn into a different person yeah um so i had to make a decision would i let it affect me or will i get back to the person that i was yeah. will i get back to training get back to achieving the goals that i wanted to achieve and um instead of going left i went right and yeah. um I, like i said i do i do suffer from it every single day yeah. but um it's something that i i work on every day and mental health isn't isn't yeah. no joke it's um it is out there it, it is out there that. and and uh there is help for people and that's yeah. that's what i've i i always would have let my pride um get the better of me and thought no i don't need help i don't need yeah. to talk to anybody about that i always um, dealt with my emotions myself but yeah. i opened up to my girlfriend i opened up to professional people and i seen how it helped me so i know from um personal experience that it can help everyone else yeah and do you know what? Even from what you're saying, and this is, and I'm not saying this because you're sitting in front of me or because you're on this best podcast ever, right? But um, from that, it's like that's what people need to realize. Sometimes the biggest, like your boxer, the biggest fight you're gonna ever have to do is with your mental, with your brain, and it's that, like that is the that is probably the most terrifying ordeal I've ever heard. When I, I remember hearing it, and it was all over Facebook and that's social media, how it went so quickly, and I was going to myself, God. That is absolutely terrifying, and it's crazy that there is that sort of section where you got to think to yourself, right, this is a mental... You're not even having the box, but you're having a mental fight with your brain. And it's that idea where you're having to constantly convince yourself that, right, i got to do this, i got to do this. And I know what you, I know what you mean by, by pride, and it's sort of a thing um, It's more associated with men, is that, and look, we're all the same. It's that idea where you're like, it's okay, you're... you're kind of old-fashioned ways told you're gonna be macho you gotta deal with it wipe it off move on but it's not as easy as that and what's from what you said sometimes people do need the help some people do need to speak about it because 
as I said, we're not we're not like toys. We're not toy soldiers. We're not. There's not. There is something in in the shell that people need to talk about, and it's such an ordeal like that. I feel that if you never had done that, then you probably wouldn't have been at the professional career at now. Yeah, definitely. That's the way I look at it. Um, I always say, and I've said from day one that maybe I had to go through it to realize things in life, yeah. and um, it was just a part of the journey. Do you know what I mean? Um, if I could pick a hundred times out of it, not to be, not yeah. to happen, of course I would, because yeah. it was an inch from death, and yeah. it's Lorna to bled out in twelve seconds. But um, it changed changed me as a person. It's changed my life, but. <clears throat> It's made me, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, it's made me realize things in life and stuff like that. So, um, it's it's a part of the journey, and it's it's always been a story to tell. And um, for me, it's if I can help people with mental health and show them what I've been through, yeah. then of course I will always help yeah, and encourage and you know encourage what? people as well as that as well. You were able to get over such a big ordeal like that. I have no doubt. And I'll put the claim here on my podcast so I can turn around when you do. I have no doubt that you could easily go and win a title. I'm not. I'm honestly not saying this because you're here just for people to listen. But the fact that you were able to mentally get over such a big ordeal like that and still sit here while you've started your pro career. And you've already won three fights, so I'm already on the good odds here. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to say is that some people need to realize that the fight they need to fight first is getting over themselves. And it's something myself and Ben... As I was saying, we were talking about here where people sometimes don't realise that when they're making excuses not to do things, it's not because they're afraid of doing things. It's because their mind is afraid of what people say, what people will do, how people react to them. When, as you said, and I'm the exact same, when I see someone do well, it's an amazing feeling because, you know what, it's motivation for you to do well. And people, I think, are still in that old mindset where if I do this or if I speak openly about this people are going to criticize me but i and that and do you know what i've it's been shown from this podcast in the simple terms of any time i've asked say yourself or anyone else to come on the show always open arms always going yes i'll come on i want to speak about it one of my mental sort of things what i was thinking about when i first started this was god it's going to seem a bit weird me popping up some going here do you want to come on a podcast they're going to just turn around and go no but you got to realize that there is people out there that like seeing people succeed and yeah that's it that's it um for me like mentally you're like your mind's a very very dangerous place at times and if you can mentally overcome anything it's like i not even with what happened with me i struggle struggle mentally today to motivate myself yeah and when when you know how to motivate yourself mentally then it becomes easier because you learn every single day like even going to run like i can't be annoyed like i can't be annoyed going to run but if you then you start thinking of why you're doing it for and yeah. what what it what you're gonna achieve from it. Do you know what I mean? So mentally you have to beat yourself and um in terms of like seeing people do do well, like it's I think the thing with Belfast or Northern Ireland, Ireland is people are too scared. They're too worried about whatever people think about them. Yeah. But for me from personal experience, like I just focus on myself. I don't I'm not not that I'm not doing it for anyone else, but I'm I'm doing it for, for myself, do you know here, what I mean? Well, there's so, nothing wrong for just doing something for yourself. I'm doing it for myself, do you know what I mean? So why why would I really be worried about when I know anybody else thinks about me? And listen, yeah. not everyone's going to like you, no matter who you are. So no, no. you could be the best person in the world. Someone else is yeah. going to have an opinion on you. Exactly. Someone will call you... T- someone You can be the realest people in the wor- person in the world and someone's going to call you fake. So um, you can't please... What, what I've um, learned is you can't please everybody. So... Yeah. 
I would I've never ever thought of I'm not doing this because he would think this of me. Yeah. I did it because I want to do it for myself. Do it for yourself. And if you can't do it for yourself, then who will you do it for? Do you know exactly, what I mean? exactly. And that's sort of so sort of coming back to the personal side of the questions and stuff like that. And I I totally agree with if if you need to justify doing something, the only person you need to justify doing it for is yourself. But I completely agree in terms of that. So right. Bit more back to the personal stuff and a bit about you. When you're not boxing, when you're not training in the gym or going out those long runs, what do you do on a chill day? What what do you do when you're just relaxing? What is what does a chill day look like in um, the day of <laughs> It just depends. I like I like spending time with girlfriend. Um yeah. when I'm not in camp and stuff and I'm not training, um, we'll go for food, we'll go for bowling, we'll cinema or something like that. Or I'll be doing that with my friends. Um mostly I play Fortnite. <laughs> mostly I sit and chill and play Fortnite. Um yeah. So yeah, that it's it's real simple. I do, I'm the same as everybody else. Uh, I just I I'll go out or go get food or um yeah. my life consists around boxing or doing some sort of um fitness. So I I always try and do uh, so always try and train. But um when I am chilling on a on a Saturday Sunday, we going to get food or going to watch a movie and, and just chilling playing Fortnite or watch watching Netflix or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's and look and that the reason why I ask this question is sort of to give people that. Um, that I know sometimes when it comes to when people see, say, someone on Instagram, stuff like that, they can't see, it was something actually I heard discussed there recently on, I'm not sure, I think it was on the news or something like that. They were talking about how everyone puts their best moments on social media, but they never put what they do, like, relaxing-wise, and people constantly think, oh, that person's constantly traveling, or that person's constantly busy. When sometimes someone's just sitting, as you said, watching, watching Netflix or playing Fortnite, it's just that... It's a question like to ask everyone that comes on to sort of have that normality where people can turn around and go, do you know what? I do that in the chill day. I just sit and so that it sort of relates, sort of helps people relate to uh, to the people who come on. Yeah. So, right. We're going to go into your specialized subject here, boxing. So, taking the jump, taking the jump into professional from amateur. How did you find it? Um, found it good. It's, um, it's like a new challenge for me. It's um, boxing's boxing, but... If you're a boxer, you'll understand when someone says professional boxing and amateur boxing are completely two different sports. Everything's near enough dis- different. Um, the way it's set up, the way you train, the way you're managed, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a a good start so far. Um, yeah. I decided to make the jump in August over the first one ranks. Um, I achieved everything that I set out to achieve in in Irish boxing yeah um I won six national titles I won an, an Irish senior title box for Ireland numerous times world and Europeans and everything that I wanted to do and what really made me turn over is that it's getting stabbed actually um I after I got stabbed it made it my comeback um I didn't qualify for the Commonwealth Games um I then come back from that and I won the our seniors, which was the best highlight of my career so far. Then I boxed in the WSB, which is like a semi-pro World Series boxing. Um, after that, there I just I just knew it was my time to turn over. Yeah. Um, I got an offer offer from Frank Warren, and um, I I couldn't turn it down. So, yeah. um, I thought it was the right time, and a lot of people wanted me to wait around until Tokyo um, Olympics, but I thought it was the right time for me. And um, what made me realize is I always after I get stabbed, I always said to myself something that if I want to do anything in life do it now because don't hesitate because obviously everything has a time and place and everything's timing but 
you never know what can happen. I never expected to go and get stabbed. So um, if I want to achieve something in life, I've got to work towards that um, because I don't, I don't know what tomorrow yeah. brings. So actually, touching on to what you were saying about uh, the difference in like training and stuff like that for amateur to pro, how did, uh, what, what uh, as someone like I wouldn't know the difference between an, what an amateur sort of fights and what way trains to a professional and maybe some people on the podcast maybe won't know. So what, what are like, just in top five or three um, differences sort of between the amateur game to the professional? Um, it's in, in, in terms of like training methods, like the long, the rounds are longer. So in amateurs, you only fight three minutes, three, three minute rounds. In professional, you fight four rounds, six rounds, eight, 10, 12. Um, so the rounds, the rounds become longer. So your sessions become longer. Um, the sessions are harder, obviously, because you got to get fitter for the longer rounds. Yeah. Um, you, you, it's just, as in terms of tech, technical, it's different, like, the amateur, you only have three three minute rounds to win a fight. Yeah. So everything's so fast, fast. every explosive. So we're in the professional, you have to, because you've got that extra round, two three rounds. Yeah. You can slow things down a bit. So that's what I'm trying to adjust on now at the moment is, the like just that that little turnover from amateur to pro, um, slowing things down, sitting down on my shots a bit more and and stuff like that there. So yeah. um, it is it is a lot different from for someone who un- understands boxing like. The simple things of not being up on your toes and being flat-footed. An amateur will be up on his toes. A professional will be flat-footed. So just st- stuff like that. They're just trying to um, adjust to yeah. the professional. And I touch on what what would be the difference between like what do you mean by an amateur on his toes and a boxer flat-footed? I would always think of a boxer should always kind of be on his toes, kind of thing. Right. So basically, like a boxer on his toes is like being bouncy and stuff like that, and. It's like fast, explosive. That's an amateur style as where professionals kind of sit down on their shots a bit more because um, professional boxing is all about hurting people and, and knocking people out as where amateur boxing, you wouldn't really see much knockouts in amateur boxing compared to the professionals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about just sitting down. My coach always tries me, my professional coach always tries to get me to bend my knees a bit more to generate the power yeah. more. So um, it's just stuff like that there. It's just, and it's a lot... It is a lot different. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see, like the certain moves in amateur boxing, like like pivoting on a on a left hook. You wouldn't see in a professional ring. People wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um. So it is. It's just changing and adopting to the professional ranks. Um. And compared, compared to, to the amateur, uh, the amateurs, yeah. And just sort of continuing on from that. So just as you were saying in the pro, you do training camps and stuff like that. So what what is sort of a day in training camp? What is that sort of you're, are you up are you given certain breakfast or what what sort of the crack yeah well the... so basically um i'll sort of go over and start a, um, a training camp in london um six weeks before fight um i have a diet and nutritionist um i'll have someone who preps some meals and stuff like that so um a kind of training regime would be i'd get up in the morning have breakfast then i would either be going running or doing sprints or be like a, a strength and distance session There'll be one of the three will be the first session. I'll come home, relax, get breakfast. Um or sorry, get lunch. Um and then I'll get ready for my next session, yeah. which will be a boxing session, which okay. will consist of like doing pads, bags, sparring, skipping, core work and stuff like that. And then you go home and relax. Or sometimes you'd be doing free sessions a day. Okay. You get get up at like six, seven in the morning, you'll be going running. Yeah. Come back, relax, get food, maybe go to sleep for an hour or two. Then you go do a strength session. You come back, get food, 
and then you're going to a boxing session. So yeah. it just so it's depends. Good long days, then. Yeah, it's long, hard days, <laughs> hard days. Yeah, <laughs> so you could be training, say, five hours during the day. Do you know what I mean? So I get some going. Like never mind having to go five hours a day. Just like I know, I do. I would include a lot of boxing, sort of circle work. Um, sort of the end of sort of my workouts, and that's only for maybe. I think it's only ten minutes in total circuit work. Yeah. But even that's like it's hard you're enough, sweating yeah. after it. Like um doing five hour or five hours of it, damn, that, that's yeah, a, it's a that's a whole nother a, level. A hard day. Um and in terms of right, so like was there ever a bit of you going like right, well, you were in good shape and stuff like that and you're going right I'm I'm pretty fit here. It's, this isn't gonna be as bad as I thought. Was there a reality kick in where you were just like Fuck, this is harder than I thought? Like it's I've heard people say like they think an amateur they are good weight, like you could be good weight and stuff like that but as soon as you hit pro it's just a whole other level of fitness yeah it is it's what what i learned from so there's a boss called bradley skeep um who's part of our team um he's very good he was british um british commonwealth and wbo european champion so yeah. um he was the first person i sparred whenever i was over in in um london yeah uh we did six rounds and what I learned from that spar is that he was a very good, good pro. He had the pro style. He had he was very smart. It's where I was a new amateur. Thought I was gonna be a good, good spar, but I start I started off as an amateur in that spar. Yeah. I started off fast, and even though we did six rounds, I would do six rounds in the amateurs. Yeah. But sparring an amateur and sparring a professional is two. It's completely different. I started really fast in that spar. And after three rounds, I was busted, busted, as where he wasn't even sweating yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he didn't start fast, and he was experienced enough to, to not start fast. And yeah. just his years of being a professional, he knew what, he knew what to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is where I didn't know the difference between starting fast and, and pacing yourself a bit. Yeah. And so that's another thing that I'm trying to work on now is pacing myself and not starting fast. Because if you start fast, you will gas yourself out. Yeah. You've got to pace it and... So yeah, so boxing, term how I'm kind of taking it, so pro boxing is, there's actually a lot of a game plan. You have to you have to actually plan this. Sort of yes, like NFL. definitely, yeah. you, need, you need a plan of how you're going to do it, um, which is pretty cool because people just think you walk in a boxing ring, you just start punching the hell out of each other. Yeah, sure. it's not. That's, uh, I've, went, not. I've, I've done my own white collar boxing one and and uh, it's just people like swinging haymakers around and around. I think they think that's, uh, they'll just punch you in the head and that's no, it. No, box is very technical. It's very, yeah. it's a technical sport. There's a lot more to it. Like, that's one thing I even picked up, like I'm, I'm no pro boxer and I'm no even amateur boxer, but when I did the white collar, I remember my dad used to do a bit of boxing himself back in the day. Um, never did, just did a wee bit of amateur stuff and stuff like that. But he, uh, he, I remember him, I'm telling him, he's going, yeah, but there's a lot of people just trying to punch, get you in the head and knock you out, or just try to knock you out that way. And he goes, no, no, it's uh, punch them. Is it somewhere like, I can't I can't remember the name, is it your spleen or somewhere like that? Um, he says you can knock someone out from hitting them a body shot just as easy as you can. Yeah, if you, if you hit someone in the solar plex, I'd rather get hit in the face a million times and take one punch to the, <laughs> the solar plex. Um, the solar plex is somewhere you can't put muscle, and if you get hit in the solar plex, a good punch... You're, you're gonna yeah. go down and it's like it's somewhere on the side of you too or is it like yeah um you got kidney punches and, and, kidney and, punches, rib, yeah. and rib shots and stuff like that it's a body shot you can't really recover from a head shot you can't yeah. so um that's another thing like in the professional ranks uh, not a lot of amateur would throw body shots but professionals do because body shots slow your opponent down so yeah um 
work you'd work a body a lot more than you would in the pros than you would in the amateurs yeah okay so right this is actually one that i actually find pretty interesting i know uh and i actually have to do a little research on it so of course i'm gonna mention his name again i have to listen to joe rogan but he had some guys on talking about ufc in terms of the weigh-ins and he says the torture some people have to put their body through just to meet the weight that they need for the day is madness like they do some bath or something thing beforehand i can't even remember the name of it but uh it's mental what you need to get your body down to you know i find it absolutely draining yeah it's tough like it is very very hard you're putting yourself through six weeks of torture training two three times a day six days a week for six weeks but you're on a a special in in boxing you're on a, a certain diet and stuff like that and if if you don't follow that diet then you're you're only cheating yourself and yeah. you'll have to struggle to make weight as in terms of ufc personally i i know a lot of ufc fighters who do it completely wrong and i, I think the way of the, the ufc way of doing things is the wrong way of doing things the, they do a lot of salt baths so they do yeah, the salt baths that's it there yeah. they they do the the water diet so they'll load themselves up with like 10 liters of water eight liters of water six and then back up and stuff and and then like two days before the fight they'll just lose all that weight. It's completely wrong. Yeah. They, they put themselves through proper torture, yeah. which it doesn't really make sense to me because you can just do it by I'm the healthy dad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, But yeah, but, um, even boxing, it's it, you're, you're putting yourself through torture because you have to lose so much weight. So like for my last camp, I had to lose just over maybe a stone um, yeah. in six well, weeks. Stone's pretty hard to lose in six weeks. Yeah, so for my first camp, I had to lose two and a half stone because I was out injured for six yeah. months. So... I'd put a, a lot of weight on, so um, yeah, you're putting putting your body through hell, but it's something that has to be done, and and it isn't nice. Do you use like the sweatsuits and all that kind of stuff? Um, or? I tend not to use a sweatsuit. You would use it the last couple of days, yeah, like two three days to get off the last couple of pounds because as your body shrinks and stuff, it's it's trying to um hold on to certain yeah, yeah. like some parts of fat and muscle and stuff like that. So there are the things that you tend not to try and take out of your body. Yeah. Um. Well, you'd want to take fat off, but you don't want to lose like water or muscle. Yeah. Um. So you tend not to use a sweatsuit until the last couple of days. Okay. Um, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, in terms of like, what? So once you have that weigh in, do you have? Is, do you have to walk in the ring at that same weight, or is it sort of you can sort of eat a bit and sort of? Um, what way does it work? What is that guideline? So you can whatever you weigh in, you can be like, is it a, maybe a stone heavier when you walk into the ring, or does it? Yeah. So as soon as you weigh in, um, we're we're told to eat as soon as possible, so we'll bring, um, we'll bring food food to the way in. So whether it's a sandwich, whether it's a bagel, fruit, water, whatever it is, yeah, you you bring stuff to the way in. Um, you rehydrate properly, and then you go get food and stuff like that. Um, in boxing, if it's just a normal fight, you'll uh, you can near enough blow up to whatever weight you want. Um, for me, I, I'll put four kilo on, so just under a stone just half stone up and on and that's what i walk in the ring at because that's what my body feels comfortable yeah, at yeah. um i know a lot of people put on like 20 pounds 15 pounds which is crazy i don't know how they perform after yeah. putting so much weight on especially in um 36 hours or something um but as in terms of like fame for world title like i know the like fame for an ibf world title or something like that there's a rule that you can only put on 10 pounds okay. so you'll weigh in you go eat whatever and then the next morning you have to weigh in again okay. and be be within that 10 pound limit yeah, yeah and if you're not then you'll get fined or something like that yeah, so. yeah. god uh, it's a it's a mental sort of 
it's another sort of mental barrier people have to get over with because uh, like, like, like I did a fitness sort of, I, did a, I don't know, I think it was maybe a six or eight week program with Podrick, you know, from Dedicated. And uh, I remember I had, I, like I'm naturally set about 11 stone and I had to go down to, I when I took on my shoot, I was nine stone on the dot. And that was like two stone so, I had to lose. And that was, I remember like the set of play hurling and stuff like that. I was walking around the hurling pitch and I was shattered. I was going, I could not. So I went I'm back up to my normal weight again. But fuck, I was sitting thinking to myself, how do boxers and UFC and anyone that has to do a fight and have to do a weigh-in, that is a mental barrier in itself. Yeah, it is. It's very... And having to constantly do it, like you're like... Yeah, that's it. That's the worst part of, of fighting. Is every, every fighter will tell you that the worst part of fighting is making weight. Yeah. Nobody wants to not be able to eat what they want to eat. Nobody wants to not be able to drink when they want to drink and lose so much weight but it's a part of the sport it's yeah. what you have to put yourself through you that to, to reap the rewards it's a sacrifice you know what i mean and um every single time it gets harder every <laughs> i've been boxing for 14 years been making weight yeah. for 14 years and it's every, not as if you're just like yep this is easy every single time it gets harder and but every time it gets harder mentally i get better yeah so you you're mentally prepared for it because you've yeah. been through it especially now that's after christmas you're, you're gonna have to yeah <laughs> that's it. sitting yourself going oh god i'm gonna have to burn this all off going well that's it boxers don't well most boxers who are professional wouldn't not professional just professional in themselves wouldn't um blow up so much weight off over yeah. christmas because they know that they're gonna have to well, pay for it actually and it's actually funny i remember and one professional boxer that i know back in the time ricky hatton and oh, he was a nightmare. He, I remember my dad even telling me, and people I work with and stuff like that would turn and go, "No, no, see the way he is now. He would have been like that in between fights, and he would have just lost a shit ton. Of so weight. much weight, he would lose like thirty pounds or yeah, something. Yeah, that, and like, it's crazy. Like, crazy and I, like, don't even get me wrong. That is not even healthy for your body. That is, you could turn diabetic from doing that. Yeah, that no, it's definitely not healthy. I wouldn't no, face no. anyone to um, any. But the fact he could put himself through that, I was just going to myself, no way. You think you'd get to a stage where you'd find sort of a nice in between, is what you were saying. Yeah. Like a nice in between where you're not at your where you could eat wherever you want, but you're not at the. Gonna put yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. gonna put yourself through as yeah, much pain yeah. as you would. As you would, yeah. Yeah. No. But no. So right, we're coming on to the to the last question, and this this one sort of, and sort of sort of links in with the idea we were talking about earlier about social media. Everyone puts on their best moment. Everyone puts on their best moments on social media. Like you'll never see someone. Well, you rarely see people put in, maybe. A bad photo of them on Instagram. You can't see a hey, people go, oh, wait, let me have a look at all those photos before you upload them. Um, so this sort of relates in terms of the real life of going pro. Like, people always see it as glamorous, loads of money, loads of car, fancy cars, fancy house, um, constant getting signed for deals, all that caper. But what what is the real life of being a pro like? It's nothing of what you mentioned. Yeah. Nothing. Obviously, um, every, basically, it's everything's... You've got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and the, the life of a professional boxer, everyone thinks because you're a professional that you're going to be driving the best cars, living yeah. in the best houses, making so much money. That's not the way, it, the, the way it is. Unless you get a very good deal and you're signed up and you're getting like a million pound sign-on fee, then obviously you're yeah. you're well off. But um, it's not nothing of that. Like I got saying, I got a good deal, but... I've started that at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who would have started way below me, but um, it's nothing. It's not. 
I don't have a fancy car, I don't have a fancy house, yeah, yeah. I'm making okay money, but um, you got to start somewhere, and um, it's the same as anywhere, You can. it's like, the way I can explain it is, you got to, say you start in English Division 1, the better you get, and you try and get promoted up the levels into the Premier League, and then you're, then you're hitting the big box, yeah, yeah. that's the same way as boxing, you start somewhere, you win a 10, 15 fights, and then you start fighting for titles, yeah. And that's whenever you start making the the best of the money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Once once you're once you're uh once you're winning world titles and defending world titles, that's when you're making your money. Um, right now isn't you're not you're not making yeah. the best so money. How Unless, ma- so how many fights has you've had now so far? I've had two. two you've had two, two and that's here two out two. That's a great result yeah. so far. Um, but that's what I mean. It's it is that sort of like people always associate, and it's what you said. As soon as you hear that word pro, people are like. Oh, okay, sort of. Yeah, it's not. That's the everyone thinks the professional boxer or professional footballer, you're making so much money. It's it's far from that. Obviously, you are a professional in your sport, yeah. and you you are making more money than an amateur would. Yeah, but yeah. um, what do you call it? It's it's far from the glamorous life, especially starting off the start. Um, even I know boxers who's been in it years and professional boxers who are near enough at the top and they're still not making the best of money. Yeah, it's a it's a. Boxing is a business. Yeah, it's not. It is a sport, but it's it's more a business than it is a yeah, sport. and it's sort of and it's sort of what and sort of I'm relating UFC to what he cut um, boxing when it shouldn't really. But there's also people in boxing who actually do quite well. But it's more like that sort of McGregor sort of theory where you like I watched his documentary there recently came on the Netflix. Like it's also if you haven't watched it, I recommend. Yeah, but yeah, watch it, it was very good. Yeah, it's it's good because. Like, I'm not going to say he's humble, but when you see him in the house, he just seems like me or you, just talking away. That's a, that's a thing. Like that. That's what... I got a, I got a lot of people who message me and or ask me for photos or or what whatnot or come over and talk to me and they'll be like, oh, I thought you would have never spoke to me or never have replied and stuff like I'm a regular person like yeah, anybody yeah. else. Conor McGregor is a regular person like anybody else. Floyd Mayer, whoever... Cristiano Ronaldo, the regular people, they're just the best at their sport and they're making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, with Conor McGregor, he he had to sell himself. He had to say things and do things, yeah. and he backed it up. But some people have to sell themselves to get themselves in a yeah. position to get more money. To get more money. That's why Floyd Mayweather is so good because he sells himself. It's not that yes, he's the best boxer, but he's a very good businessman. Yeah. He can sell himself. Yeah. Anthony Joshua, I know Anthony Joshua has made millions upon millions, but he still lives in like a two bedroom. Yeah, he still lives. He actually still lives in his mom's council flat. I think he, he lives in a in a council flat with his mom. Do you know what I mean? And a, and that's one thing that said keeps him humble. Yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't let him forget where he came from. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, regardless of how much money he has in the bank. Yeah. And that's it. Like people think because you're professional, a professional athlete that you're not going to talk to them or you won't get yeah. a photo of them or you won't reply to them but that's one thing with me I'll never forget where I've came from yeah. and I remember being that I'm a, as I say I'm a nobody I haven't done nothing yet in the, in the world of boxing I'm only starting my career but I will never ever forget yeah. once I make it I'll never exactly. forget exactly and it's and do you know what it's a thing that I reckon and I've I've been to best events I've been to say golf events and stuff like that and um some people say and what exactly would you say I remember going to an Irish Open and I think it was not dissing Roy McIlroy or anything like that but I remember him walking past and the little boy Graham McDowell was I remember as soon as he putted, uh, putted the hole and he finished and everything like that he turned around to the crowd and was sort of thanking them and give this little boy a buddy call a golf ball and stuff like that and uh, I remember Roy McIlroy at one stage and 
look, I can understand in terms of like I play sport and stuff like that. And sometimes when you're walking out, you have to be concentrated on what you need to do. Sometimes that idea, but there was a lot of like we kids and stuff like that being like like sticking out the hands, gives a high five and sort of like sort of waving. But it was just. He just blanked us all past. But that's also a professional mindset too. I know that yeah. it's sort of, you got to turn off at some point and be like, I have a goal. It's not that they're being rude. It's maybe just there's a goal to be achieved. But I understand. I understand. For me, I understand what what you're saying. But for me, like you have to thank the fans or you yeah. have to be good to fans. Cause to, what, yeah. At the end of the day, a, a fan is what pays a boxer or yeah. any sports. Because if you're not buying the tickets, if you're not watching on yeah. TV then we all make our money do you yeah. know what I mean so if I'm not if someone's not coming to, I'm paying to come see me fight yeah. then I won't make as much money do you know what I mean so for me I'll always give thanks to the fans or give thanks to anyone who supports me because yeah. they don't need to do that and exactly. they don't need to come out and watch me don't have to support my career so I always will be appreciative of that but I think it is good to always set a good, good example and and try and and try and not give someone a mind or give someone the opportunity to say nah sure he doesn't get fools with his fans or he doesn't even give him high fives or whatnot. So yeah. I understand the professional part of it where you do have to be zoned in. Yeah. But you can't be zoned you in. You can't be zoned, can, in, can be also, zoned in and still do the other part of it. And, and that's that's a skill in itself, being still being able to zone in and it's and you know what it actually reminds me of I went we went to the Carl Fountain fight there, um when he was playing when he was fighting Windsor and he did his pre open thing at um, was a castle court, yeah, and he closed the thing, but he told the guys to open it. Like this guy was in a fight, he was in the zone, but he was coming up the next few days. He was closed in one of the things before they went out of the ring, and I think he turned around to one of the guys and says, "Here, open that." All the kids were standing outside and wanting to sign things, and the first thing he did was go out and sign stuff like that. And and uh, I think it's worked really well for him, and I think that's one thing Irish boxers I think have where. There's like a like a unity between quite a lot of them. Like you look at Carl Fountain, who does he always have in his card? He'll either have Mike Conlon or he'll have Paddy Barnes. Him and Paddy Barnes always get on yeah. really well, and it's sort of that support. Um, and that's one thing. Is that one thing you sort of notice more about here that there is that sort of support with boxers? It's more like a family sort of oriented thing. Where yeah, definitely. Um, I where think... it doesn't feel like an individual sport. It feels more like a team. Yeah, definitely. I think. Boxers in Belfast and Ireland all support each other. Um, well, I'd like to f- hope they do anyway. Yeah. And I've I've always seen that they've supported me. Um, I think we realise how hard of a sport it is, and boxing can be a very lonely sport at times. Yeah. Um, there's no one else but you in the ring fighting. But whenever you do have the support of other boxers or your teammates and whatnot, it does make it that bit easier mentally on you when you're getting in the in the ring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I do feel it. Um, but all boxers and enough support each other. Yeah. Um, and which which they should do because boxing is a very tough and dangerous and lonely sport. Yeah. So yeah, any sport you can get is is um is what you need. So well, that's that's all the questions for me. I just want to say thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for coming on. Um, and the answers were absolutely perfect in terms of um definitely got to see and I hope the people who are listening get to hear about the real you. And hopefully you're going to gain some more people sort of following you. And sort of that is what you said, that the humbleness, and people can actually see that. And they don't see this idea where you're saying where, oh, he will get a photo of me and stuff like that. They actually see that you're very humble. And uh, as you said, you're just like, it's the same as anyone professional. You're just like anyone else. Um, so I just want to say thanks again for coming on. Um, guys, if you just want to give this a listen, read it. Um, 
just leave a review and uh, I'll see you all on the next Pizza Craft. So, bye.